Sokka, you fool! We could have freed this valley! Who would be free? Everyone would be dead. You traitor! No, Jet. You became the traitor when you stopped protecting innocent people. Katara, please, help me. Goodbye, Jet. Yip, yip! Everyone, welcome back to the 10th episode of the Bitter Jurors podcast talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. I am Sam Stanish, and I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host, Derek Reining. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I think technically this is, what, the 8th because of parts, but you know, not to be pedantic, because that's very unlike me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I forgot, and then after I said 10th, I realized... That wasn't true, uh, but it's fine. And we are joined by our first guest for an Avatar episode. I am so excited to welcome comedian, actress, a uh, wonderful personality, Sydney Battle. Hi, hi, hello. How are so, you today, Sydney? Oh, tired as always, but you know, <laughs> I'm pulling through, doing my best. I'm, I, ho- I hope that uh, talking about the wonderful show Avatar The Last Airbender can help uh, wake you up. You yeah. know, I did rewatch it and I just did experience a flood of feelings. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to get uh, get into those. How are like what was did you watch Avatar as a kid or did you get into it like when it went on Netflix? What year did it come out again? Like 2005. Oh, yeah. Okay, I don't think. So I did watch it in sort of the first wave, but I never finished the show. And then I got to high school and my group of friends was like, <laughs> kind of, um, I don't know how to explain it. You can call them nerds, geeks. I'm no, sure it wasn't sure. even nerds or geeks. It was that it was like a very interesting assortment of oddballs. But the thing that united them at one point was Avatar and then what is it called legend of Korra, and so they were obsessed about that and it's all they would talk about and so i tried to get back into it but just could not and then finally (laughs) i also think that it's because as a child i was always deeply jealous of anyone who had powers on a (laughs) television show and so watching it just filled me with this like little bit of resentment like I'd be like yeah I wish I could be a waterbender but okay imagine Um, you like arms crossed like "Mm, must be nice Katara that was exactly it (laughs) I I was like nope mm -mm." and then I was also someone who couldn't I was so indecisive that I'd be like well I just know I'd be the avatar (laughs) if I was in this world I know I'd be the avatar because I wouldn't be able to choose (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I came back to it in quarantine and I finished the show. Ooh, that's exciting. Yes. So these emotions are a little more fresh for you. <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> so we are here to talk about Chapter 10, Jet, which mm-hmm. I, having returned to it, think is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean,. I would argue it's my favorite so far, but we can uh, get into that. So, yeah. Really? It's a big yeah. statement. It is. <laughs> I'm willing to make it. <laughs> um, yeah. Who doesn't, you know, love to have a little bit of, like, ethics in their children's show? You know? 
so morality yeah. of war yeah <laughs> and then I, a, a good old-fashioned bad boy mm-hmm. hello yeah we said last week we were gonna um try to keep up more with the like thirst rankings but uh i think this gave us a good opportunity to do that <laughs> yes most definitely well it introduced so many male characters that all have very different designs. And I was pretty annoyed because when they introduced the Kyoshi Warriors, a band of amazing female like warriors who all seem great, they all ha- look the exact same and have the same exact personality and have the same exact weapon and fighting style. This cast of characters, all dudes primarily, and then they all do different things. They all look completely different. And I was just like, this is, they all look very cool and eclectic, but it's like, where was this energy when we were on Kiyoshi Island? So true. Let's see some diversity in terms of, like, they can all wear the same makeup, but I want to see a few different hairstyles, even hair mm-hmm. colors, because I remember at one point they have this, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I think the Kiyoshi Warriors have a fight scene against another group of female warriors. Mm. And while it's happening, I was like, wait, what's who's the one we're supposed to care about? <laughs> <laughs> where's Suki? Like, yeah, where's Suki? Because they all look identical, but maybe that's their thing. But I think that's mm, an easy out. You're right. Yeah, I think it speaks to, this is a thing that people like to talk about in, like, video games. Like, I'm thinking specifically of, like, Overwatch, where it's, like, all the women have to have um, voluptuous curves um, and tend to have the same kind of facial structure, whereas the men can be, like, one is a hamster. There's a hamster guy. There's a robot guy. There's There's a a what? (laughs) Or not a talking hamster. He, like, uses a robot to talk, but that's beside the point. He's a male (laughs) hamster. Um and he's okay. just kind of <laughs> he's kind of symbol symbolic of this fact that um, male characters are allowed to have this wide variety of like body shape and size, whereas women mm-hmm. have to be kind of waifish and nice to look at. So uh, yeah, in yeah, the conventional I, sense, yeah. Right. Yeah, I yep. think that's like animation across the board. People talk about it because I feel like that's a big thing. Like any time a Disney movie comes out, it's all like this person looks exactly like Elsa. Right. Sydney, what were, what did you think about? I, oh, no, go. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it wasn't. How related. did you? What was your? <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think about the episode? Rewatching it, like, what was your? What was your major takeaway? Uh, okay. First thoughts. I was like, damn. Like, Katara could really be unnecessarily mean in the beginning <laughs> if you remember like i think all Sokka says is like he's like we shouldn't fly because that's literally how they keep finding us because we're flying on a giant bison with an arrow on its head and ang and Katara are like oh well excuse the fuck out of me and they're like oh okay Sokka. and then i think she throws something out of nowhere which is like if you kissed a girl you wouldn't be like this and I'm like <laughs> Oh my god. Very <laughs> personal punches. And you know, having watched the whole thing, when I was first doing my rewatch, I was like, Sokka is like way more misogynistic than I remember. <laughs> He's awful at the beginning. So I think I'm biased now that I, I rewatched the episode. But I was like, Jesus, like cut him a little slack, my God. And they give him shit for like the rest of the episode. And it's just sad that um 
that's one of the few times where he's like actually very wise and doing the right thing and he's just given so much shit for it but i really enjoyed it yeah me too this i really like this episode because it i like it's both a saga episode and a katara episode and they both like have their own separate like stories and i think that this is really one of the best episodes fully focused on Sokka that we've gotten so far so i think that this uh is a great because you talk about how he's misogynistic and i think that that's like it is an ongoing storyline that he like deals with and like gets better and better throughout the series and that started when he met the kyoshi warriors uh and i think that this is uh a great episode focused on him i think that it was really cool like we you really get a display of like the cool aspects of Sokka as opposed to just like him being a goofy (laughs) comedic character he like actually like he's he stops jet that one time with the club that he has or whatever in a really smooth Mm -hmm. motion that was really awesome um i think that a great thing about this episode and i've talked about this a couple times is they do make it really good effort to make non-bending fighting look cool like it would be so easy to just have everyone have like a sword or whatever but jet's hooks are like such an interesting weapon that i like have never seen in anything else yeah Yeah. i believe they're called like tiger claws or tiger hooks something like that if i'm remembering the like behind the scenes details to it but yeah they're like a real weapon and they're very cool like you said they're very um I don't know. I look at them with those little hooks, and I'm like, what's he going to do with that? You know? <laughs> like, you're so skeptical. If someone showed up to a fight like that, I'd be like, well, he he either really knows how to use them, or he just grabbed, like, the nearest thing he saw. Like, he was nearest. passing a dock, and he found some big fish hooks. He's going to be pulling people <laughs> off stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it just drove home for me the little like ragtag group of kids technically because I think Smellerby is um a girl but it's giving me hook energy like the Lost Boys and Rufio exactly yeah I had that in my notes too it's very that it's very shades of like um another thing I can't think (laughs) there's uh there's ragtag children in every kind of media I think (laughs) Yeah, and then um, you have the hot bad boy. Right. Like, Maybe I was thinking of the Ewoks, is what I was, they live in. Trees. I was going to say, yeah, they're very similar to the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, the Ewok bad boys. <laughs> yeah. That one hot Ewok that has the scar? <laughs> yes. Um, no, yeah, so, I, oh, yeah. I was just going to agree with you guys. I really like this episode a lot, like I said at the top. Um, I think uh this is the most gorgeous episode so far i would say you get this like autumnal like forest it's like uh, just aesthetically this episode is really great and also to me i think some of the best animation we've seen so far yeah i did notice that uh the the facial features especially because i feel like at the beginning the mouths was sort of like lag with the words (laughs) and here's where we see sort of it just keeps getting better and better but i did notice that shift mm-hmm. yeah it's gorgeous we love it um, yeah so we get to the we meet the freedom fighters jets freedom mm-hmm. fighters what they call themselves they like save the gang from this group of fire nation soldiers that they stumble upon that we get a pretty good display of everything that they can do all of their different things i love Longshot. he's so cool he, i love mm-hmm. a silent character who just like doesn't say anything but is like 
uh, you know, but this was way before Hunger Games, like way before Bose made their <laughs> comeback. So this was he's very cool, and I they get this like blast jelly, and they also get a bunch of candy or something like that. Uh, who is your guys' favorite member of the Freedom Fighters? Sydney, we can start with you. With me. Or Derek, oh. doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already know my answer. Like, like oh, you go. I always loved Longshot. I think he. I, I think it's the eyebrows for me that do it. They're just thick. So. <laughs> this is difficult because if I was making an unhealthy choice, <laughs> I'd pick Jet because I'm like, oh, I know I would have been sucked into that completely if I was in Katara's place. Like be like oh he's the fucking worst but i love him and unfortunately i know myself and i know that would happen but i'm tempted to say when i was little i if i had known because i always thought smeller b was a just a very small boy mm-hmm. and like she i think yells at uncle later she's like i am a girl i think that would have been me and so i identify with her because she's like a tough little tomboy in the midst of all of these little urchins (laughs) (laughs) she really elevates them yeah yeah and then she sticks with long shot when they all um you know Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna spoil anything but Right. Yeah, I agree. Smellerby is great. She's awesome. I love her um, like markings that she has. They're very reminiscent of um, my favorite Digimon, Gargamon, who has very similar markings on his face. Digimon. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You didn't know this was going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> I'll. I expected anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, we're a no holds barred kind of kind of deal here. Animation <laughs> podcast. Yes. Um, I. I love in when they get to they find out Jet has a hideout. The guitar is immediately like, no, we're gonna like, take me back to your house. Uh, very, <laughs> re- I relate to guitar a lot in that moment. No um, chill. Yeah, absolutely none. And the th- <laughs> I could not believe when like they showed Katara and Jet go up into the tree together they like completely changed the like, tone there's... of the coloring and the music played. It was. Too much for me. Have you ever had a man do that to you? Pull you in like that? <laughs> My God, the world changes, baby. That's how you see it. <laughs> yeah, there's just a sepia tone over your vision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there might be a problem with your, um, like, iron levels or something, but... Oh, definitely. I am vitamin deficient. <laughs> I think you can tell by my general energy. <laughs> hey. Sorry, I was feeling vitamin D deficient here, I think. Oh, aren't we all? <laughs> Who can blame her? Who right. can blame her? I, I, yeah, the shoulder pads, the like asymmetrical costume design, like, hello. It was also one of the, maybe it was too early, but this was one of the times where Katara had a male interest that Aang was not jealous of. Sure, and I would argue. also thought he was cool. Yeah, yeah, Aang wanted his attention just as much as Katara. Yeah, and Aang was big by energy this episode. He was <laughs> just as into Jet as Katara. Yeah, yeah. they would have made a lovely throuple. Um, I this is so like Katara made, like dug on Sokka earlier about never kissing a girl, even though we know he's Kasuki. But like, I don't think Katara's ever kissed a boy. 
Yeah, who is she kissing in that village? <laughs> like, I know, she's talking shit, but she's the same. Like, I rel- I can relate. Um, which of us hasn't uh, dealt out some stuff that we ourselves could not take? Mm-hmm. Especially against our siblings, like, hello. <laughs> like, True. It's all yeah. low blows there. I try yeah. to know as little about my sister as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old. kidding with you. She'll, like, try to share some personal story about her romantic life, and I'm like... I literally do not want to know. Do not tell me this. Siblings, not friends. Yeah. I don't, I love her to death. I love her to death. I do not always like her. And I think the distinction, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I'd also say it to her face, so. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's just the sibling understanding, you know? Yeah. Be that sort of resentment of spending most of your lives together, um, just taking up each other's space, um, it's mm. just there. And some of us in quarantine are finding ourselves back in that experience, living <laughs> with our siblings, which is lovely if she's in the next room. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> there's no way of knowing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, yeah, There's. it's just a very real sibling relationship, I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, and who can blame Katara? Like, like you said, that move is so smooth. Just, like, pulled her in. Suddenly they're going up through the trees. It's beautiful. I would be up into like a very cool, very expansive hideout. Yeah, there's like, yeah, there's like ten of them, and there's this amazing hideout. Yeah, and also, but when they're all like sleeping in the little treehouse, like there's no furniture. It's just so (laughs) clearly made by children. I'm like, where's the interior design? (laughs) There's not a cot. There's nothing. It's just like Mm. all. It's an empty room. I you wouldn't can, have it. You can tell it's designed by male children, especially. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Speaks, it speaks to the difference between architecture and design, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you um, have watched The Babysitter's Club, but there is a, an amazing episode all about the girls des- like changing the design of one of their rooms, and they do an excellent job. So I think that if The Babysitter's Club teamed up with Jet's Freedom Fighters, they could have had a real good hideout going. What a pairing. Oh my god. What a yeah, pairing. The A-team. <laughs> These, I assume, 2020s-based uh, teen girls just are plopped into this fantastical world and are like, here you go. Survive. <laughs> and I believe in them. I believe in all of them with all of my heart. I'm sure you do. <laughs> it's amazing how deceptively insane jet is Mm. and yet that mentality is so familiar oh my god i had a friend last i saw my friend we were socially distant but i saw her last night and we were talking about avatar and she was like ugh, katara and her dead mother we get it the fire (laughs) nation killed her you don't have to remind us and i was like i feel like it's a pretty big thing that happened to her so she <laughs> talk about it. and she goes oh, my mother and like pretending to touch a necklace and i was like is this a popular opinion like do people say that about katara i think people Reese, are pretty over her yeah it's a shame yeah um even though in this rewatch i've come to learn i think katara is my favorite character personally um, having moved on to maybe other more uh, other female characters that are not introduced yet, but um, 
I, I do guitar. think that her, like, generally people have come much more around on her. Like, I think that, t- like, in totality, fandom spaces and people who watch TV are much more accepting of female characters now than they were in 2005, especially, like, we've grown up as, like, from when we watched this initially. And I think that a lot of people have grow- come to absolutely adore Katara, who people maybe didn't the first time around. Right. Mm. Okay. This is all just news to me. I, <laughs> I did not know. You're so taken back. But what I did notice was I think like three times in this episode, Katara goes, he's the Avatar. And I'm like, that we know. Like, you <laughs> do not have to keep reminding us of that. Uh, I mean, I would do that if my friend was literally the embodiment of like, this. <laughs> he's like the spiritual figurehead of their entire world. I would be like, yeah. And he's friends with me, and he definitely is crushing on me, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked about this in, like, one of the first episodes, but if you're the Avatar, you literally, like, are the main character of the entire world, and other people sort of just exist around you. So proximity to the Avatar is, like, being one of the main characters on Earth. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. Right, but I, so. I love that Jet's reaction to it is just, oh, really? Cool. <laughs> like it ends there you're just like oh okay cool no jet's reaction is cool i'm gonna use you to murder people now <laughs> oh my god classic so toxic little... man exactly. when you're with him he reveals traits that you didn't think you had like oh he teaches you how to bend water that you can't see but he also like it was incredibly bad for you but then you're like can i even be mad because he taught me this and it's like yeah you can be mad Mm-hmm. Living Let, let's talk about that water you can't see because I flagged this a couple episodes a, a couple episodes ago <laughs> and like it's happened multiple times over the course of the series so far and I and I don't know if this is a mistake in the writing or if this is Katara using her feminine wiles to pull Jet even closer but in the fourth episode and in the sixth episode she bends water that is like underground or like in Aang's system when he was drowning and bends it out of him so she has bent water she can't see before but in this moment jet is like there's water under here underground and she goes oh but jet i've never bent water i can't see before and then does it immediately so i've always took this to be a mistake in the writing or, or the, when i noticed it this time i never thought of this before i was like it was a mistake but now seeing it in context i literally think that she is just being like Coquettish. i don't even know what the word is for <laughs> coy i don't i'm not sure yeah. she knows she can do it she's done it before I, I think what katara is saying here is like she's used to bending water she knows is there like yeah she knows there's water in eggs lung it's right there it's like not even a few centimeters away she's talking about like yeah you're telling me that there's water in this little hole but i mean presumably we don't have science textbooks in my world so i am just taking your word for that um so i i appreciate the game it's a it's an amazing <laughs> maneuver and i fully support her i just well, unlike it, you sam i believe katara so i believe katara as well i'm sorry i just do not think that it didn't read to me as her looking for validation from Jet. Maybe you're like, projecting, Sam. No, I like the way the line <laughs> is read. I guys, you have to go back and watch that scene because you, she's fully like, she's she's flaunting it. She's just like out there, she's ready flaunting to what? Oh uh, my attract God. him. And I, I just know that it's fake. <laughs> my God. 
Okay, I will say that there is a possibility <laughs> that could be happening because yes, that is something that people do sometimes when they're with a dude that they like, but I don't know. I choose I, to believe Katara. Me too, and I understand where she's coming from, and I think Sam is just projecting, what's that phrase, learned uselessness? I think Sam is just, you know, projecting this method that he may use to bring in the boys onto Katara, who is just Learned speaking. uselessness? What does that that's mean? A phrase. Google What does that it. mean? It's like when you, like, are intentionally, uh, like, project... Like, like, oh, I can't do this thing. I need a big, strong man to help me do it. That's kind of what you're claiming Katara's doing, but she's not. So, there. I mean, we'll <laughs> leave it up to the fans to decide <laughs> who they agree with, because oh, I'm wow. pretty sure I'm right. But we can move on. We haven't discussed uh, this scene where Jet and Sokka find the old man in the woods. Mm. And, like, we see a display of Sokka's, like, uh, I don't know, his, like, abilities. He, he can't bend, but he, like, right. like is good at tracking people, and then he also is, a, we see him, like, stop Jet before he, like, completely obliterates this old guy, um, which is interesting. It's good, and it's our first real hint that Jet is, like, terrible, because uh, pretty much everything he says in this episode is a lie, but this is him really going in hard on someone who absolutely does not deserve to be attacked. Right. Yeah, I think before this, like, um, like a flag, a red flag for Jet is like, first of all, like I said, when he, when uh, Katara's like, yeah, me and Aang uh, can waterbend, and Jet instantly is like, I'm going to use that. And then when Sokka is like resisting, uh, Jet knows instantly to like prey on Sokka's ego and is like, oh, I need you to do this really important mission. Um, and so I think in that moment when Sokka is proving himself, he's probably warming up to Jet in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I think Jet is a very toxic, like we said, um, for all those reasons. Yeah, a very manipulative man, <laughs> reads them instantly, knows exactly what to say. Mm -hmm. And I would even say, you said that the encounter in the woods was our first hint as to how shady he was. I don't even know if you can call it a hint because it felt like a complete dropping of the mask. Yeah. Like it was Fair. like he just came out there and was like, listen up, you old fucker. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like, you yeah. just to die. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, he just really fully revealed himself in that moment. And then I think it was even creepier when they went back and he like put the mask back on. And Katara and Aang were like, what? What happened? That and he jet? just knew exactly what to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's like weird. It, well, in this moment, Jet says it's what has to be done. And this is kind of like a theme for Jet and the Freedom Fighters, I would say, where they're kind of justifying the things they're doing by saying, well, it's the Fire Nation and they are like invading our home, which is totally fair. Like, yeah, they are literally invading their home and they have a right to fight back. But... I think the ultimate lesson of this episode, I think that at least Sokka believes, and I think I personally agree with too, which is like, yeah, but the, it's not worth literally losing innocent lives and taking innocent lives to prove that, um, which I think just speaks to how complex this episode is or how many questions this episode raises. 
uh, for little 12-year-olds to ask themselves. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the town that they're talking about is occupied by yeah. Fire Nation soldiers, right? Yeah, so he's, at least in his mind, he's like, death is definitely better than what they're living. Like, that's freedom for them. Yeah. Like, Especially killing all be- of these people. I'm pretty right. sure they also make it a point that this village is, like, the only civilization in the woods other than the freedom fighters. So, like, if they kill everyone there, they're freeing the valley from that for them, but for no one. Like, it's just to kill Fire Nation soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Uh, although I did, uh, Sokka's only bad moment to me in this episode is Sokka calls Jet a thug pretty harshly. Like... Let's back oh, up with he? the coded language here, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I he like didn't even remember that. Yeah, it's like right. I think it's that scene when uh they come back from their little excursion and Saka says, "Jet's a thug." Like, whoa. I think I, I guess... think he said your boyfriend is a thug. Yeah. <laughs> the language is coded, but Jet himself is not um. A character that at least I I don't think he's a black identifying character. Yeah. And then also he just did something like incredibly violent. And so yeah. I don't know, like the language itself is coded, not the best word to use. Once again, it was two thousand five. Yeah. So like nobody knew yeah. that. But I'm not trying like, to cancel Sokka or anything. Oh no, I know, I know. It's just I'm like this is different than like Hillary talking about yeah. theoretical <laughs> super thugs but I do agree that it is so blatantly 2005 in that moment because mm-hmm. nowadays you just be like let's choose a different word <laughs> <laughs> it just uh and Jack DeSena is a great voice actor he just really delivered that line with a lot of passion mm. Mm. like almost like I'm not gonna actually I'm not gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> Just start drama for no reason. <laughs> um, but I think also in this moment, there's a great sort of callback to this running theme in this episode, which is the idea of Sokka's instincts. Uh, we kind of get that at the beginning when, like we said, Katara and Anger really razzing him for his instincts. Uh, and then in this moment, there's this, uh, like, Sokka again calls to, like, yeah, my instincts are telling me this is bad. And then Katara retorts, well, my instincts are telling me that this is good. Um, which is interesting because I don't think Katara is speaking from her instincts at all like like we've learned in these last few episodes Katara is an a character who's driven by her emotions a lot of the time so mm-hmm. i just love that little moment there she really forgot her whole mind um i yeah and then another <laughs> instinct he has is he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes to follow where they're headed but gets kidnapped mm-hmm. so all of his instincts are right Everything yeah. he's doing is right. It just That's doesn't always work out. That's the hard part. Like, his instincts are correct in theory, but in practice are not always executed well. Like, even at the end of the episode when he's like, my instincts are telling me to go this way. And they're like, okay, well, that's the wrong way. And I'm like, <laughs> they can't let him have just one thing. Because, like, <laughs> writers can't let him have just yeah, one little moment. Yeah, after he was clearly correct, Aang and Katara still just can't help but give him shit. No, and then I was like, that is a complete writer's decision. Like, did they have to make him wrong in that moment? Like, <laughs> let Sokka have a little win, but no. Symbolically um, like, returning like, him to comedic relief for the next episode. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, excuse Sokka for not knowing that cloud from the other cloud. Like, how is he supposed to know what direction he's supposed to be going? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm someone as well who 
I'm a Pisces, Sam and I are Pisces. And so I very much so believe it. I'm like, what are my instincts telling me? Where do I feel is the right way to go? Like, I don't like following instructions. I don't like consulting them. I'd rather just feel out a situation. And I will say that that has like an 85% success rate, (laughs) (laughs) which for living through life, you more likely want to be in the 95 or above percentile, like executing your life well. But uh, this episode really appealed to me because I'm always so afraid that my feelings about things are wrong. Mm. And so I identified with both Sokka and Katara. Poor Katara, just, oof, girl. Tough beat, I know. At least she got some cool new moves out of this episode. Yeah, she didn't get any D. She did not get <laughs> she did not get any shred of like feeling I don't know good about herself really, mm-hmm. but she did learn a new skill. She's got freeze breath. That's way more than a man's touch to me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I I think that this action sequence where like Aang and Katara sort of figure out the plan, or maybe Jet tells them, I forget, but they like understand that Jet's gonna blow up the dam and destroy the village and then this action sequence is cool like jet and Aang mm-hmm. fight for a little bit and then katara takes over and totally handles it and i it's cool to watch them like all th- go through the trees this is a great display of all of the things jet's hooks can do he's like climbing over everything he's like swinging <laughs> around uh and then but then this is really the cool thing like what well, i i've i've understood in the past like conceptually that katara gets better at waterbending throughout the show, but like every episode, you like we see her do something cooler and cooler and like bigger and bigger. And this is like just another thing in this pattern that we just and like you just see her. You really see the progress when you're watching it intentionally, which is really really awesome. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, and they always seem to come at like these emotional uh, breakthroughs where it's like last episode in the water burning scroll, she like learns to do the water whip after like. Uh, Aang helps her kind of get over her jealousy. Um, and so, and then this episode, it came from a v- much more negative emotion, which was, I'm going to fuck this dude up <laughs> by freezing him to a tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of our, like, growth is tied to people wronging us and us learning from being fucked over, unfortunately. And I really wish... It was not that way. Like, I would really like to learn without feeling pain. (laughs) Um, And there is a way to do that, I've heard. But... (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) It was, um... I don't know. It's just very much so water energy that all of her breakthroughs are fueled by emotions and the most powerful ones the most dangerous ones are when she's experiencing a negative emotion unfortunately like she feels threatened or betrayed or yeah just really those two (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna spoil anything in the future but i will say her biggest breakthrough was when she had been incredibly betrayed and yes, was fearing for her life, but not really because she was offered a choice and then chose not to take it. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Am I remembering it correctly? I think, yeah. There's, there was a bit of threat there was threatening and there was um, betraying involved, yes. <laughs> that tends to happen to Katara a lot. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, and like you said, I love, like, this action sequence is great, and there's, like, a great little, the music in this episode, I think, is really awesome. Like, um, way back when we first meet Jet, there's, like, a moment where he, like, trips a Fire Nation soldier or something, and it's, like, our first big shot of him, and, like, the music, like, just gets sucked out for a second as he introduces himself. That's really cool. Um, and then in this little fight sequence, when uh, there's, like, a shot where it's, like, just the forest and, like, just the tree line, and then we see Aang and Jet, like, hop uh, like in the lower third of the screen and like each time each one of them hops it's like a little string comes in it's like really great um and i really like the effect of when ang finally pushes him out of the tree like the spiraling of the wind mm. around the branch a lot of cool things right um and yeah there's also uh kind of moving ahead a little when uh Longshot fires his uh fire arrow at the blasting jelly there's like a moment of where like literally the music just completely stops and it's just like the image of the place flooding it's great the music in this show is amazing <laughs> yeah Good deeply work. i agree i agree <laughs> um yeah and so like we said uh sokka in the meanwhile while katara and ang are having this fun fight sequence he gets to bring back the hog monkey traps that we saw at the beginning of the episode and traps um pipsqueak and smellerby i think are who get trapped which is great um yeah I think yeah. that's just, like, speaks to, like, the, uh, something I really love about this episode is, like, everything that happens in this episode, like, comes back in some way or has some meaning later in the episode. Like, uh, when the old man comes back and is the one who vouches for Sokka or, like, the hog monkey traps or Sokka's instincts, which, like, keep coming up. Yeah, I just yeah. love this episode a lot. <laughs> it's a great reminder to children especially that our actions have consequences and they don't occur in a vacuum. So you can't <laughs> just, like... Um, rough up an old dude yeah rough up an old man or wrong someone and then expect it to never you're never gonna see them again it's never gonna have a negative impact on you it only has this positive outcome and so we see that and then i think it also speaks to Sokka's cleverness Mm -hmm. because yeah i really did like the fact that this was an episode that showed us that he can be adept at what he does like he's not just very full of himself and right. pretending he can hang mm-hmm. yeah he's not like a xander from buffy who has barely any redeeming qualities yeah oh god i haven't watched yet which i know <laughs> is very shocking to a lot it's of people but... an extremely good show if yes. you're interested in good tv but exactly. yeah so sokka's instincts pull through he goes to the village and clears them out before the river can wash them away and it's still like it's it's a win like all these people live, but it's still tragic because their their homes are destroyed. They have to go somewhere else. And I mean, I I don't think there's ever like when this comes back or anything, we never find out about this. But like just like refugees all over the place from this war, and that's sort of focused on more I think later. But mm-hmm. these are just another group of people who have lost their houses. Mm-hmm. But at least Mrs. Pretty the doll survived. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that little girl just screaming, Mrs. Pretty. Like, I don't know why that's so funny. Great name for a doll. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess we kind of run through the episode. Any concluding thoughts on this episode specifically before maybe we get into some more general stuff or some spoilery territory? I think we said it all. Just, like, don't trust a man you meet in the woods. Pretty, yeah, a pretty face, nice eyebrows, yeah. Don't trust any man that pulls you in like that. 
That's a warning. It is. Uh, don't trust any man who keeps a piece of grass in his mouth. Yes. Like, where Oops. is he getting that? It's constantly, like, the same length. Like, what's he doing with that? How many of those does he have? Right. That's the question, right? Is it one that he just saves? Like a Violet Beauregard type situation where he's chewing the same piece for a month. <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. And those, yeah, I guess those are my major takeaways. Yeah, ethics of war, blah, blah, blah. But really. The <laughs> but the real message is don't trust men ever. Yeah. yeah. Big, big man hating energy on this episode. <laughs> She's a misandrist. <laughs> no, I. If people haven't called us by now, we have been doing a bad job. As <laughs> definitely, uh, I think we can go to our mailbox though. We some people oh. wrote in about um, this episode. We have from our number one bitter Judy says. This was a surprisingly great episode on the rewatch. It introduced some mature themes like the moral complexity of war, but it also had some great humor like Sokka's instincts bit. Love the nod to Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. All stuff we said. Uh, Completely agreed. All in line with that. Also, our friend Sammy wrote in and said, just realized on my recent rewatch that Jet is basically Spike from Cowboy Bebop and now understand why he's so hot, except way more of a dick than Spike. Yeesh. Um, I definitely see the comparison. True. Yeah, they both have kind of fluffy hair. Um, yeah. I no, I'm. <laughs> oh, hey, are you familiar with Cowboy Bebop? Or no, you just... I'm not. Oh, it's this. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's an anime from the '90s. Mm. Um, very uh, Firefly before Firefly, and holds up better than Firefly does. Um, so, highly okay. recommend. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu somewhere. I got nothing but time. Right. <laughs> you have no um, excuse. Yeah, so before we go and talk about spoilers, we plug our stuff, Sydney. So is there anywhere people, anything coming up or anywhere you want people to follow you um, before we do that? Uh, I'm on, you know, Instagram and Twitter, Sid Battle or Sydney Battle. Uh, and I have a project coming up. But I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> they made me sign an NDA. Oh, <clears throat> but um, I don't know when that's up. Like, I don't know when I'm allowed to start talking about it. But it is a comedy-type situation. And it does involve um, all of us being quarantined together. And so, I guess, watch on my social media for that. That's going to be a fun project. Uh, but I we'll think have to have I you back it. when you can talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can give you the full rundown. I'm excited. Big things are coming. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can find me at Rain Dierks on Twitter. Um, and you can find both of us at Pod on Twitter as well. Yeah, I'm at Sam Stanish on Twitter and Instagram. I also have another podcast called Word on the Streets. Uh, Straits spelled S-T-R-8-S on social media. And Sydney's done an episode of that. We talked about Valentine's Day back in February, and it was a great time. Pre-core. Yeah, February feels like Pre-core. years ago. Yeah, yeah it was in it person, really if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Wild. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of, I guess, the segment where we talk more freely or more like spoiler territory. Um, but I think we should first start out by, I guess, asking you, um, like, 
uh, what kind of bender would you be? I know you already said the Avatar, but like, is there a bending <laughs> style that you maybe connect to the most of any of them? So, when I was in high school, one of my friends who was obsessed with the show, I was like, Keegan, which type of bender would I be? Because I was like, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know this. And he thought that I would be an earthbender because the way that I am perceived by people is as someone who is very like grounded and rational and tough and like I am tough but I am deeply irrational (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and as I've gotten older and sort of gotten to know myself more I think I would be a waterbender because I am someone who feels a lot but doesn't always show it so I do think I would be a waterbender, if not the Avatar. <laughs> Maybe both. Yeah, uh, it could be both. Yeah, but that's me. <laughs> what about yeah. you guys? Yeah, I feel that. Um, I think both of us line up pretty well with our zodiac signs, like you do. Uh, uh-huh. Where Sam, I think, usually is a waterbender, and I am uh, traditionally loved the Earth Kingdom because of their amazing green, like outfits and earth bending is just cool yeah definitely. <laughs> but, uh i love water bending and i completely agree that i'm a very irrational person so that's sort of the element for me <laughs> the major thing for this episode obviously jet comes back and he's mm-hmm. like brainwashed and also he has he like comes back and eventually meets zuko too zuko not in this episode at all Another right. episode like that. I didn't really think of... I didn't really remember that there were so many episodes that he's just not in. Like, at this early stage of the show. Right. Um, yeah, it's an interesting note. I think it kind of makes... Uh, I think... I don't know. Sometimes the show, I think, benefits from when there's these two sto- uh, storylines going on. But I think sometimes it's just good to have one story going on at once. Um, to me, I, I guess. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I and, didn't feel like we needed him. Uh, yeah. Really <laughs> no, I mean, that I would always, be too much. Yeah. I always do need Zuko emotionally, but he didn't need to be in this episode. <laughs> too much, one, one bad boy is enough for this episode. Mm. Truly. I know, that would Truly. be a lot of energy. And I mean, last episode was when Zutara, the ship, was born, and now we get, Je- is it Jetara? I'm trying to remember what people call Jet and Jetara together. <laughs> that must be what it is. Right. I do not support Zuko and Katara. Uh-oh. I don't understand the ship. I'm sorry. I think it's so weird. It's like <laughs> if someone came to me and was like, yeah, I used to be in the KKK. Really, really wrong. And I'm so sorry. And please forgive me. And it'd be like, okay, if you prove yourself to me, then sure we can be acquaintances like i won't hate you but can i ever love someone like that i don't know especially if i had a family member's death who was tied to it. i just think it's too messy i think there are limits to the human spirit and i <laughs> just <laughs> though i don't know if zuko and his girlfriend are a good match i don't know that mm. should be happening. 
Yeah. This is a great voice to have on the podcast. Derek and I are both adamant uh, fans of Zuko and Katara being together. Are you really? Yeah, absolutely. But I think I mean all of your points are actually well made, and that makes a lot yeah. of sense to me. No, I mean people haven't really discussed it in those terms before to me, and I've never <laughs> really thought about it like that before. But uh, it's good to have someone on the podcast who does not just agree with us on this because we gotta mm-hmm. just say we really love it. Well. <sighs> I had a thought then that I'm sort of forgetting. Okay. I do think that when you think about passion and you think about a passionate relationship, it's like, oh, fire and water coming together, Mm. opposites attract. Like, I've had that in the past too, where I'm very attracted to a man who is like my complete opposite. And we are just very different people, but there's some type of chemistry between us that keeps us interested in each other. And so I understand why people are inclined to support it and to ship it. But for me, I'm just like, no, I get where she's coming from. And I don't think on her end it would ever work. Because I don't know if she would ever completely trust him. Fair, yeah. Um, yeah, imperialism is a hard uh, sell. <laughs> like, yeah, I was once part of this imperialist movement for 100 years. But for a not... long fucking time. Like, people always talk about his arc, and I was shocked when I rewatched it that, like, I kept expecting him. I'm like, okay, Zuko's going to be better now. And that doesn't really start until a little into season three. Yeah. And right. then, which I understand having to, like, get himself out of that mindset. I understand it taking that long to do that. But coming back up on the other side of it, I think it happened way too fast. Yeah. I... Yeah, I think that they, because especially because it wasn't just that he was part of the movement, he was chasing them for so long, and like they were active enemies for a very long time and fought many, many times. Um, and then he does a lot of growing off their screen. Like they have no, they don't know what he's been through in like season two and like alone in season three. Like he, they really have no concept of like what he's been doing or what he's been up to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, um, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that you would disagree uh, with them being together. How do you feel about Katara and Aang being together? Honestly, to me, it's not sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. There always needs... I think that's the appeal of Zutara, is, like, it's kind of a little, like, ooh, like a little... um, I don't want to say dangerous, but kind of. Whereas with Aang... Yeah, passion. Yeah, Yeah. with Aang and Katara, it's literally, like, okay, (laughs) like... Two relatively, I guess, like, nice people getting together. That's not super exciting. Uh, It's bland to me. I think it's very, uh... Do you know who I wish, who is even a better mention, Aang? What's his name? Haru from the Earth Kingdom. (laughs) She even had more passion with him. (laughs) She just had more passion with him. But with Aang, I'm just like, "Mm, okay. It's just so vanilla. It's like watching... Your awesome, like, hot friend, like, I don't know, like, get with the most boring dude you've ever met in life. You're like, you could do so much better. I mean, he's going to treat you right and everything, and you're in love, but, like, come on. (laughs) Is it worth it? (laughs) Is it worth it? Like, like, happiness in a great, stable relationship? Or (laughs) could have a sexy, unstable man. He's cool. This is my exact worldview, and that's why I think I have a lot of trouble. (laughs) <laughs> just in general um yeah yeah like even now i'm like i don't know what i would pick 
It's tough. It's I know what I would pick, and that's what makes me hate myself. <laughs> I know I would never pick the boring one. It would be stable. Ugh. That's just life. I think that's fair. Anyone who can who judges you for that has never really lived. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, I'm trying to think what else in this episode like has lasting impact. Like we said, Jet comes back. We talked about Longshot and Smellerby come back. Um, Pipsqueak and the Duke also come back. But uh, we haven't talked about the fact that Sneers, the first named Freedom Fighter, just just never shows up again. I don't even, I didn't even remember that. Was just like one like. in the fight. He has like a top knot and he like uses his shoulders to like launch a guy into the air. And that's, he gets a name, and that's about it. The, it's, that's interesting. I feel like Avatar is usually very good at bringing characters back, um, and especially because everyone else eventually comes back. It's interesting that this one guy they didn't find a place for somewhere <laughs> down the road. He didn't really have much of a pull. Like, I feel like all the other characters, they have something unique or interesting about it, but he is just kind of like the muscle. So. And yeah. he's not even pissed. Yeah, like Pipsqueak mm-hmm. has the dichotomy of the name and the appearance. That's in- like instantly more interesting. Yeah, like what the fuck is Sneers? Does he just smile at people a lot in a weird way? <laughs> yeah, they realized there was no value. In no, the, they uh, left him in the... <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this maybe we'll see the ramifications of this episode with Katara at least because like we said she gets some like power-ups in this episode um but she also kind of learns an important lesson about herself which is like she has to learn to not just always be driven by her emotion which like she usually is um so I guess she becomes a little more cynical in this episode um and we see that come back when she literally is ready to like kill Jet when she next sees him honestly relate to that energy (laughs) it's on site for a couple people (laughs) Mm-hmm. As it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's about it. I, I, Sydney, we rank the episodes. We've mm. been doing a running ranking of the show so far. I, we, we won't have as long a discussion and be <laughs> quite so self-indulgent with the guest. But I am going to rank this fifth overall, um, mm-hmm. right below King of Omashu and right above the pilot episodes. Um, I think this was a really good episode, but I think they, I've enjoyed others more so far interesting yeah uh no yeah this one's sitting right at number one for me now i think i think this is just a great episode like the other number one like we've talked before like the southern air temple is one we really enjoyed on rewatch um mostly because of like zuko's story in that episode but i think this is just like a really great solid episode in terms of animation uh music like i said the story is like so like self-contained but also has a lot of like Built, it's building on a lot of things that we've seen before and it like kind of pushes us forward for a lot of the characters so i think this is just an amazing episode and it, yeah number one for me um yes. yeah sydney do you have any like even outside of like the episodes we've seen so far like do you have any standout episodes that you love from the show overall Ooh, the blood bending episode mm. that Let's one see. is no oh. So spooky. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who the, doesn't love a Halloween episode? Ah, uh, yes. And then the episode where Toph meets um, Uncle. Mm. And they're both sort of like, 
I think Uncle's searching for Zuko, and Toph has just left everyone because she got frustrated and was like, I can do this on my own. And then also the episode where we meet her. Mm-hmm. I really liked that as well. Blind oh, what is the one about the pollution? Oh, the, um, the, lady. the Painted Lady from Book 3. Yes, I loved that we saw Katara being dubious and secretive <laughs> because up to that point, we think of her as this like straight arrow who's like very much about morals and doing the right thing. And she's sort of like the mom of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really cool to see her doing this secret thing that, yeah, tied into the morals that she has and that we've seen, but also was like deceptive (laughs) yeah like literally lying to her friends yeah yeah and then they took down that whole factory so i love that one a lot hello yeah i wrote all those down and i'll try to get you back for at least one of them (laughs) nice yes yes i'm clearly an expert um (laughs) you've been great yeah the best guest we've had so far (laughs) oh well yeah i know it's a stiff competition (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're setting the bar very high for anyone else so Good fucking luck to anyone else who wants yeah. to get on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, get me. Try to come get this number one spot, please. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's gonna be a tough battle. We got the avatar on our first appearance, yeah. our first guest appearance, so it'll, it'll be tough. Um, but I think that about wraps us up. I don't yeah. have much else to say. Uh, as always, I mean, well, ab- absolutely follow Sid Battle, Sydney Battle, on the social media, Instagram, Twitter. She is hilarious. Uh, she recently tweeted about uh, the Loch Ness monster keeping men uh, attracted for years with nary a picture. They've never gotten close. It it really inspires me. I never thought of her in that light before, but I think that it she makes is me excellent. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's an icon. Yeah, Literally. <laughs> she has been the moment for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And I am at Sam Sanish on Instagram and Twitter. And again, I do Word on the Straits. We just talked about camping this past week. Uh, great show about straight culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And uh, we are Bitter Jurors Pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Rain Derricks on Twitter as well. I don't think I've talked about cryptids recently. So there's not much <laughs> that there for you. But I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, well. Come to me for that. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully that well has not been dried up by the time I get to it. Oh, absolutely. Never. (laughs) There's so many monsters out there. There are. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great, yeah, great message to leave our listeners with. uh, And many of them are men. Yeah, don't trust men. (laughs) And there are monsters lurking around every corner. Uh, (laughs) So, bye, y'all. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Sydney. Thank you.